and welcome to the One Broke Actress Podcast. The One Broke Actress Podcast. The The One One Broke Broke Actress Actress Podcast. Podcast. This is the podcast giving you an honest account of actor life. I mean, can we just be honest for a second? Plus a few lessons I learned in the process. This is what I'm saying. Nobody knows anything. I'm your host, Sam Valentine. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the One Broke Actress Podcast, episode nine of season four. We are rolling right along. I just want to let you guys know I'm recording this pretty early because I am currently in San Diego when this is airing, working at Comic-Con. I wish I could say that I was doing a cool press meet and greet for some secret project, uh, but I shall be managing employees for a branded event. <laughs> Just grateful to have a job, honestly. It should be a blast. If anybody's there, uh, you guys should send me an email. Speaking of, make sure you are registered for the One Broke Actress email subscription list on onebrokeactress.com. Make sure you catch all of the bonus episodes, like the one from last week. Did you like it? I hope you did, because technically I haven't recorded it yet at this time. <laughs> The magic behind the microphone. Um, And make sure you are subscribed, rated, and reviewed to this podcast. If anything you hear today is cool to you, make sure you share it on Instagram and tag me at Sam Valentine at One Broke Actress. Cool. Let's get into it. Today, guys, we have Jeff Kennedy on the podcast. Jeff is an actor, an acting coach, and someone I think you will really enjoy for his really blunt opinions on how this world works. We really get into acting class in this episode, and I know acting class can be a very touchy subject with some people, so we tread lightly. We get into this analogy that acting class is like a skincare routine. Some things work for some people and some things work for other people. I thought that was spot on. We also talked about the importance of letting yourself be open to opportunities inside and outside of the acting industry and how this business can take you places you did not imagine. Jeff also specializes in coaching kids. So uh, for my moms out there who have emailed me and asked me for someone like this on the podcast, I think you will really enjoy this episode. All right, guys, without further ado, please enjoy Jeff Kennedy. Do you prefer Jeff or Jeffrey? I don't care. Do you have a preference? I don't. I mean, my parents call me Jeffrey. Jeff is usually easier. I'm going to go Jeff. Just go Jeff. Jeff Kennedy. Jeff Kennedy, yeah. I mean, you know. uh, Thanks for being here today. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you're on. Oh, we're on. Yeah, we're doing it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I just kind of go right in. Yeah, you didn't give me a... (laughs) Well, thank you. Okay, yeah. Thanks for... Do you want to roll that (laughs) back? No, no. I guess that's fine. I'm just going to look really not ready. (laughs) Uh, I like to go from casual to formal very quickly at the turn of a hat. Uh, So... You're here, we're hanging out, we're going to talk about how you got to where you are now, but do you remember the first time that you thought acting was a thing that you could do as a career? <laughs> uh, as a career? Um, when I was younger, I, I mean, my parents will still tell anybody this, that I, I mean, I would do a lot of things, but I, I would never finish them, or I would like do them for a little bit, and I'd be like, eh, I'm not over it. And they would always say, like, oh, you're, you, like, you'd be good at anything you do. And I'm like, okay. That's good parents. Yeah, that's nice. It's nice. But they actually believe it because they wouldn't say stuff. Like, they'll tell me other things, you know, that are like, oh, um, maybe be more supportive. <laughs> uh, but it, was, it wasn't even actually something like, oh, this is a viable option. It was random. I played football in high school and my senior year, like, uh, I think it's like sixth period is 
weightlifting. And, you know, once your senior year is up, you, you don't do weightlifting the last semester because football's over. Mm-hmm. So you're not training anymore. So I had to take um, another class for that. And I was like, I just wanted to do something easy. And someone told me, oh, this film class is really easy. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And it was film production. It wasn't even acting. It was, you know, it was like just produce, like, you know, like making stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. And I was in the class, and I was like, whoa, this is kind of fun. I like being in front of the camera. And that was kind of just – that was what kind of got me going. And then my, my teacher in that class, we did not get along very well. And I think just one day he told me, you're, you're not going to be able to make it as an actor. And I didn't like him telling me that. And that was, that was pretty much what set me forward. Wow. Just because someone told me I couldn't do it, I was like, well, no, now I'm going to do it. So it wasn't – where was this at? This I'm from Northern California, so okay. I'm in the East Bay. This was okay. in a small town, Danville, but the school was in Alamo, and the teacher was like, I, I wanted to know what this teacher's proximity was to Los Angeles. No, Northern California. Okay. So, I mean, re- relatively close to have that opinion. Okay. You know? And you uh, took it. I didn't like him telling me that. <laughs> I was in a, I was a, I didn't like a lot of people telling me, one, I'm the type of person that if you tell me I can't do something or... To do something, I don't like it. You I might like hear that it negative like, reinforcement. Yeah, <laughs> yes, because my parent, my dad was got, would kind of do that. So it wasn't necessarily you can do like I wouldn't hear that a lot anyways. I wouldn't hear you can do it, you can do it. So I was just used to people just saying you can't, and especially coming from sports, mm-hmm. you know, it's constantly that competitive nature of you know your fight. You're constantly fighting for a job. Was it mostly football? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I played um, sports all through my life. Um, I played uh, baseball, competitive baseball, all the way up into high school. And then I think I, I, I tried out for baseball, but I didn't make it because uh, the coach wasn't the best coach, even though I probably would have made the freshman team. And then after that, I would have been like not. I, once kids started throwing like junk, I couldn't handle it. <laughs> I was, I mean, I was a great fielder, but yeah, hitting was like not my best. Yeah. But anyways, I found football and, um, I was really good at it and yeah, that's, that's all I knew. And it was just so competitive and the coaches were just not the best and they just weren't the best. Okay. So they kind of just, you know, they messed me up a little bit in the sense of like, I mean, a lot of the reason why I'm able to handle a lot of things is because of that competitive nature of like, you have the job, you don't have the job. You have the job and you don't have the job now. And so that would like totally messed me up mm-hmm. in high school because it was like constantly, I'd be like, I would get it and then I would not have it. And so, so that's nothing new to me. Okay. Okay. So right? you've just been marinating in this yeah, <laughs> up just and been down li- feeling. I've just been li- yeah. Yeah. That's all I know is just like. You have something. Oh, you don't have it anymore. And ah, so, oh, so yeah. you're pre-programmed to enjoy this roller coaster. So you finish. No. <laughs> no. I don't think no one is, but yeah. No, that's a sadistic thing. So you finish school, and then there's this film class your senior year, and <laughs> then how do you get to here? Yeah, so I wanted to come to LA um, directly. Uh, my parents were really big advocates of of going to college. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I never liked being in school. Um, it's funny cause now I'm a teacher. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I never liked going to school again, probably cause it was under that umbrella of you have to do this. You have to learn this. I'm like, Oh, I don't. Um, so I applied to, you know, schools over here and you would think being in California, you'd get into those schools, but I did not. Uh, I got close to getting into USC, but I didn't. 
um, and I got into the University of Texas. Uh, my dad went there, so I applied. Um, and uh, yeah, they had there was some things going on there at the time. Friday Night Lights was finishing up, um, huh. so that so the Austin market was actually pretty good when I went to college. Oh, that's cool. Uh, it was it wasn't amazing, uh, but I mean it was probably bigger at a little maybe a couple years before I got there but did that come into your consideration of picking a school yeah it did okay. so I wanted to go to USC so I would just be in LA mm-hmm. I'd go to college and then I could also you know I don't know what I had in my mind but do other stuff right you know not like all I that ample it. free time yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have. do it I wouldn't do it but uh yeah no the reason I chose Austin as well was like well actually there's a little bit of a film community there so I can kind of pursue acting as well mm-hmm while I'm going to school and I'm like so grateful that I did because I made I was bad when I got out there (laughs) and so I made a lot of terrible mistakes that I'm glad I made in Austin and I did not make them in LA what do you mean by that just you know very green 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 things um that yeah I just things you like you want to you just don't ever want to do again. At the same time, though, it's like, like I would, if I would have done them here, like years go by, no one remembers anything, so right. it doesn't matter. But you know, I'm glad <laughs> that I got something we're learning. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. But uh, I'm glad that I was able to make those like bad acting, auditioning type of things. Just both. Yeah. You know, I just wasn't a very good actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had no idea what I was doing. But yeah, you took like one class. Yeah, I didn't even take. I didn't even take any. Yeah, <laughs> I just thought it was like mimicking. You know. Did you go to school for acting? No. In Texas? No. Oh. Uh, I studied uh, economics. Mm. Uh, but I took acting classes outside of outside of school. Okay. Um, but like, I think every, well, I can't guarantee this, but I think most actors usually get that light bulb moment mm-hmm. or they're just really good. They just already had it. Uh, but there was one day where I was like, just laying in bed and I was like, no, I'm going to be a good actor. And I was like, that was it. And like I was in a class and my teacher was like, I don't know what happened, but you're just all of a sudden you're, you get it now. Wow. And that was like, I, I really don't even know what it was, but I was like, no, I get it. I get it. And so I figured out that I had that light bulb moment in Texas and not in LA. And I'm glad because I came to LA a lot. I mean, I still was, you know, green in different ways, mm-hmm. but, um, when you made, when you graduated and came out here, did you graduate? Yeah. I cool. Did. Congrats. <laughs> I keep having that dream that I don't graduate. So I always am like, I think I did. But I have that dream where like I didn't take enough credits uh-huh. or I keep failing that one class. I consistently in real life forget that I have a college degree. <laughs> so That's what I'm saying. No, that's what I mean. I, I completely, I can't believe that I have a college degree sometimes. Especially because I have some very smart friends who are so much more mentally equipped than I am who don't have degrees. Anyway, that's another story. And, where you went, and you went to school where? A Missouri State. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I went to school for acting. Cool. Yeah. Whole nother podcast. Um, Got it. All right. <laughs> lots of theater, spin no off. film. Little spinoff. It's a whole spinoff. Spinoff yeah. podcast. I should do a solo episode talking about that at some point. Um, <clears throat> but when you came out here, were you laser focused like, let's go to LA, let's be an actor, hit the ground running, and what did you do? Yeah, yeah, I was, uh, and that was the one thing is like, it was a beautiful thing for me because you know I was always messing around. Mm-hmm. I didn't really care about much, and this definitely like was an example of I set my mind t- towards something and I just did it. Um, and so, funny enough, even though I was born in California, I was here for eight Northern California, eighteen years of my life. 
I didn't know anything about Los Angeles. Uh, so it was, it was foreign to me. Um, so not that this was enough time, but I at least kind of did a little bit of prep where um, I visited for a week just to kind of kind of get my bearings, mm-hmm. kind of get a lay of the land and see where I would want to live. I had a friend out here that went to USC, so she let me stay on her couch, and then she kind of drove me around the city and kind of showed me around. But, of course, if you're not driving, you're like, yeah, this is nice, and you're, like, in Culver City, and then, like, wait, where was Culver City again? (laughs) So, you know, I didn't really know where we were going. Um, So I came out for that week. Uh, Took a couple meetings as well. Um, How did you get those meetings? My acting teacher in um, Austin had some connections here, uh, so I was able to... Meet some people. I mean, it's a funny story because that I had, it's like the stereotypical story that you would have in LA, where you meet this manager and all of a sudden they just ghost you. Mm. Oh so my God, that's happened to me twice. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, it was like not a good story. I was, but it's in like my, dating. I was, yeah, it was crazy. I was like, where did this person go? Like, I and you know the next you met with them when you came for the visit. Yeah, and I then met, they just stopped contact. I like, yeah, they set me up with someone to get headshots with. I think they did, and I found this person. I got headshots with them, and I oh, sent, you were like doing the things. Yeah, I did all the things. I uh, was in. Cl- I also tried to find some classes, so I audited some places while I was here for that week, mm-hmm. um, and. Yeah, yeah. I uh, met with this manager. I didn't know what a manager was. Like, I even looked them up, tried to find them. I didn't even know how to find them. I was like, is this, I don't know what manager is. <laughs> uh, but I met with them, like, yeah, we'll rep you. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what that means. Um, I mean, I knew what repping meant since I had an agent in Austin, but. Uh, yeah, but the difference between an agent and a manager is. Right, right. No, I was one, like, no one really spells it out for you. Yeah, people still don't know what it is. Um, but yeah, I uh, was like, okay. And got the headshots, reached out to them, and they just never got back to me. Uh, so I was, yeah. That's so annoying. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, and funny enough, I think one of them ended up turning being a headshot photographer. Uh, okay. I think I heard about him later on, like recently actually, that oh, actually knew so him. He's like, oh, I know him. And I'm like, and I've never seen him and. I mean, whatever at this point. Who cares? I but. mean, everyone's careers pivot. I get it. Maybe that's why he was like, let's focus on headshots for you. because that's what he saw. <laughs> well, he didn't take my headshots, you know. But like, yeah, it's one of those things like communication is so important. Yeah. Uh, no matter in anything, you know. And that's just one of those things like, just say what happened, you know. No thanks. It's a really short email. Yeah. Don't waste people's time. There's no yeah. need. It's going to, it happens anyways. So you had a couple meetings. So I had, and then yeah. you decided to move. And then I came back, took headshots, and then I found a place, moved in, and then yeah, I was in like three or four classes. I was like all in. And you know, I made a deal with my parents. I mean, I'm very grateful and my parents were very supportive and still are very supportive. Um, you know, I asked my dad to help me out because I was like, listen, if I go out there and I just get a job as a waiter or something like it's going to take away it's just going to make everything take so much longer and it may make it even to the point where no maybe it won't even happen um i just give me like a year to that's amazing you know to one figure stuff out and like prove that i can make this happen you know because up until that point (laughs) i i didn't really live up to a lot of the things i told my dad i would do um so he was, you know, obviously very hesitant about this idea. And he was like, well, yeah. So, and especially my, both my parents are 
were high powered accountants. Like they were mm-hmm. as high as you could go. And so they know they, you know, they worked their butts off. Now I understand the economics degree. Yeah. I was like, eh, here you go. And that, I was like one like a away from getting into the business school to where that actually may have changed my life. So wow. it's probably a good thing that I didn't. Um, so yeah, you know, he didn't understand this idea of acting, which no one does anyways, so it doesn't matter. But um, yeah, so he gave me that year to figure things out, and I just was doing everything I could possibly think of. Um, like, uh, like what? I mean, I took, I was in two different acting classes, um, and I started taking, I don't think I immediately did it, but I started taking at the Groundlings. Mm-hmm. I'd never really, I mean, I had done improv before, but I hadn't really, I mean, that's also unique improv that's not ordinary improv but yeah LA improv classes are so structured yeah well I mean Groundlings is so different from just improv in general it's it's short form and it's character driven so it's just it's like it you know improv on steroids so to speak (laughs) um so I actually started taking Groundlings and I was going through it uh they kept passing me uh I wasn't really thinking about it I also had no intention of doing anything with it it wasn't my goal to be on SNL but I did it. Um, so I was doing all three of those things. And then I got that place where I, you know, I had her, I kind of like, okay, I was in all the classes and I was trying to make things happen, but things weren't really happening. You know, I couldn't really get meetings with agents. People were like, oh, being in, commer- getting a commercial agent's the easiest thing. And I'm like, well, it's not for me. Uh, so <laughs> I had trouble, you know, and like, I, I think I was, I went through some people. Yeah, I was going to ask, were you with anyone at this time? I mean, I think I, commercially I may have gotten with somebody, but like not much was really going on. I took, you know, Killian's class really early on before. Oh yeah, I took that one too. Yeah, which is a great class. Um, but nothing came of it. And to this day, I really still don't commercially go out a lot. Uh, it just isn't, it's just not my path. Um, but yeah, so I took that class. I took, I was at Margie Haber's for a while. I was at John Rosenfeld's for a while. I was at Groundlings. Um, and at John Rosenfeld's, I was asking, I kind of got to that place where I was like, I don't really know what to do. I kind of need some help. And my friend that directed me towards that class had told me in the past, like he would, you know, he, he would help you at times. And I think it was more if he was like, it was like your favorite or something, uh, which I wasn't. <laughs> so anyways, um, they had a, they have like a, a um, kind of another class that they, it's not necessarily they teach, but it's a portion of their school. It's called Actor Salon. Mm-hmm. that I started taking, which, I mean... It, I've I, taken both of these things, too. I'm at JRS right now. Oh, you are? And I worked with Brian Pataka for a long time. Oh, he's okay. at, He's on this podcast this season, actually, too. Oh, awesome. Well, I love Brian, it's not so because funny. you just said that. Uh, <laughs> I was just about to talk shit about Brian. Uh, no, I really do. Brian's amazing. Um, it's a small world out here. Uh, yeah, I like Brian. I mean, I'll be honest. I'm not, I'm not crazy about JRS, but... Yeah, I mean, that's... Well, that's what I love about these conversations is to, like... Everyone's this, these classes aren't always for everyone, and people will tell you their acting classes like their church sometimes. And I think it's just it's like more like a skincare routine. Some that's, things I mean, work that's for some people, really, and some work for others. It's a really good way of looking at it. I, that honestly is kind of like a church for a lot of people. It is. But anyways, I'm not here to talk shit about people. No, however, I, actually in hated, my, I hated Killian's class. So. And yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean. I can get to it. I mean, because I am a teacher and a coach, so it's like most places I don't think are that great. But, yeah. you know, whatever. That's okay. No, we'll get to that. Um, but, yeah. I mean, but Actor Salon was great. Um, it got to the point, though, like I was probably the only person in the class that would actually get everything done. 
Mm-hmm. Like so many people would be like, oh, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And like I would. Like I came to that class to do it. Yeah. And it got to the point where they had me doing nuts things where I was like, all right, guys, this is, this is ridiculous. So I stopped taking it after a while because, one, I think I had gotten what I needed out of it. Mm-hmm. And... And, you know, it served its purpose. It served, but but and I, with a lot of my students too, where which I all I'll steal from that place too, like use some of those things every now and then. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if I feel like I'm like you're a lot of work, I'm like maybe you should try, check into this class because it really will give you some um, some incredible tools uh, to keep you accountable. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like for me, I don't need those things. Uh, yeah, but a lot of honestly, most actors do totally because they don't have that thing that honestly is what is why you get to work. Because most people, you're not just auditioning. It's not how it works out anymore. And I thank you for being honest about the fact that you were having help from home. Because I think sometimes you see actors taking classes and doing all this and that, and and you wonder, It's it's everyone wonders where everyone else's time comes from and where their energy and how they can stay focused and stuff. And knowing that different people have the different journeys, like some people work mornings so they can take class at night. Like some people have help so they can spend a year nailing it. Like it's just, it's really cool. So thank you for that honesty. It's pretty cool. I mean, honestly, it's it's an amazing thing for most, because it's most people that are able to somehow have a bartending job or whatever jobs they have and still act. I have no idea how they do it. I don't know how. I, I don't think I would be able to do it. It's way too hard. It's hard. Um, I don't have to worry about that anymore, but like, I mean, it's incredible. It's, in, it's so incredibly difficult because it's a full-time job just just to try to get an audition, and that's not a guarantee of anything anyways. Mm-hmm. So. I, I understand that I'm very fortunate, and because of that, you know, my dad ended up, I think, gave, give, giving me two years because within that one year, I got so much done. I was working probably not um, – I don't think I had booked, like, a TV show yet, but I was working on smaller-end jobs, but I was working, and, you know, it was – and then Groundlings as well. I was getting pretty far into Groundlings, which, to, for whatever reason, to my dad, thought, he thought that was really cool, so – Um, so I had been in, in that, in their minds, a success. And so it kept helping me in year two, you know? And then, so year two is when I started doing different things and getting a little bit weirder in the sense of like, you know, I was still in classes, but I got to that place where it's like, okay, it's like all I'm, if I'm doing good work, why am I doing it in front of people that can't help me? You Mm -hmm. know? So I got to that place where I'm like, I gotta be doing my, I gotta get myself out there. And this is also at the time when casting director workshops still existed. They still do, but they're to a lesser degree. Yeah, <laughs> not to the. They're definitely nowhere near as effective as they once were. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was doing those casting director workshops just because I had no representation. I was just trying to. The small things you did get was it because of self submissions or since you didn't have reps at that time? Yeah, I mean, I may have had reps, but like they just were just. I mean, that's the always thing that I tell my clients. It's like, just because you have reps doesn't mean anything, you know? Yeah. So still, yeah. it's like, keep your side of the street clean, you know? Like, keep working, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I want to get to those, like, to-do tasks and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, it was self-submissions, and honestly, it's on Actors Access, but the success rate is terrible because, I mean, I have no idea how the site works. Everybody's going to give you their opinion. It's like, well, if you have a headshot, if you have a demo, if you have a slate shot all up, uh-huh. you'll be at the top of the list. And that's just not really how it works. That's what people think. But that's, it's just the whatever. How it happens, it's, it's really just sheer luck. So I got tricky, uh, especially because of Actor Salon. I started thinking of different ways to, uh, you know, 
for my stuff to be seen. And mm-hmm. so I would like look at the breakdown and yeah, I would submit, but then I would look at everybody that's involved and I would search the internet and find somehow find it, like go real James Bond. <laughs> what movie was it? Uh, uh, Skyfall, whatever the uh-huh. Bond girl, like where I find their emails and I contact them and I got a lot of auditions that way. It was cool. unorthodox. Um, and I had never auditioned at Paramount <laughs> And I got two auditions in, at Paramount by just doing that. From direct emails. Direct emails, yeah. Cool. Um, one of them was for the SpongeBob movie. <laughs> it, was, it was super cool. I mean, the casting director was like, oh my God. I was like, I think I'm right for this. She's like, oh my God, you're right. Which I think I had known her to some, in some way. I'm not exactly sure how I knew her. I can't remember how I met her originally, but I knew her like a little bit. And I was like, hey... I think I'm right for this. And she's like, come on in. And that was the first time I'd ever been to Paramount. And I was like, this wow. is crazy. I didn't get it. But it was still cool. <laughs> That's not the point. Though. Yeah, it doesn't matter. The audition itself is the win. So that I was, and then for a web series, which is actually a well-known uh, gay web series, I reached out and I was like, hey, I think I'm right for this. And they're like, come on in. And they were like, you were the best person that came in and you're going to be the first heterosexual man on the show is that okay and I was like I don't care sure let's do it um and that was a really cool experience and those were really cool guys and you know it was a paying job too so cool um so I was doing like you know guerrilla warfare type stuff um in the beginning Mm -hmm. um and then also making connections along the way and you know and then I the other thing too is because it was so difficult uh I ended up doing other things you know, um, anything related to, to the business. And so that's how I got into casting. Um, and so I was working a lot in casting at the time too. I don't know if it was, I I lose track of time, so I have no idea when I started doing stuff. Well, not having seasons, we really just lose our days. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I got really heavily involved in the casting stuff. You know, I think I was at actor salon and they were like, Hey, there's this opportunity to be a reader or, or work in the casting office. I was like, sure. Yeah. And so that was my first taste of it. And I was like, this is really cool. And I met Lisa Zambetti that mm. way, um, who's amazing. And she's still a very dear friend of mine um, working in – she was working in Emily Schweber's office at the time, who's also a very good friend. <laughs> um, and so that's kind of how I got the taste of casting. And then from there, I kept myself open to those opportunities and started working in casting, um, cool. which – ended up giving me opportunities as well because I'm working in the office and if I'm right for a job, I would audition for it. What kind of stuff did you do in casting? I would do everything up to minus deal memos, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it got to the place where, like, when I was helping out with M, so I worked in three different offices at the time um, and kind of, so with Emily's office, I was mainly her reader. Um, and she, she actually still to this day, I haven't done it in a bit, but like anytime she needs like a good reader, she'll bring me in. I, oh, I forgot about this story. I actually was offered a job because of how good I was at reading. Um, so isn't that the dream? Yeah, I was, I wasn't expect, I mean, that wasn't why I was doing it, but I didn't even think about it. Uh, I forgot about that. Uh, but anyways, uh, so, but she would hire me just to essentially be a reader. I would, and then uh, as I got her trust, which it wasn't until one of my other really good friends is Scott David. And he, at the time he was the casting director for criminal minds. Mm-hmm. Um, and that ended up being my 
first TV job, as it is a lot of people's. Yeah. Uh, but we continued to be, yeah, the second I got it, I was like, later, Scott. No, I stayed <laughs> friends with him. And they had this, they had a spin, they've had a couple, but they had a, the most recent one, which actually just, I think, got shut down recently, which was Beyond Borders. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hired me to be the assistant on that. And so I would, you know, make phone calls with agents. Um, I would set up lists. I would schedule, do the scheduling. I would run the sessions. I would read, you know, Amazing. I would kind of do a little bit of everything. And then because of that, um, I was working in Mormon Bowling's office. Uh-huh. Um, I took, I first met them. They brought me in for an audition. I guess, oh, she was the very first casting director workshop I ever did. That was one of the first oh, things really? I did when I, when I visited that one week was I met Sunday Bowling and I did a workshop. Oh, that's funny. And randomly, and I didn't learn this until like years later, like I got an audition from my agent in Austin that was like, hey, do you want to audition for something in Los Angeles? I was like, uh, okay. And it was for them, for one of their movies. Um, I ended up getting a call back and I didn't get it, uh, but they taught a class. Mm-hmm. I still do. They still do. It's an amazing class. If you haven't taken it, it's incredible. If you have taken it and you don't like it, that's okay. But it is an incredible <laughs> class. Still to this day, the best class I've ever taken. Um, I took their class, and then they offered a more advanced class. I took that, and I kept taking it. And then to select few people, I guess, they every now and then they'll uh, offer um, chances to intern in their office. I was like, and I, this was, I was already kind of helping out in other places, so I was like, sure. And I started doing it a lot. Um, and then I, I was like, I want something more permanent. And so I was given like once a day, like I worked the entire day in that office. Um, same thing, like just depended on what they needed from us. But like I might be filing and, you know, organizing things I, or I'd be reading and, and running the camera. Um, and then they, they were working on a show called uh, Sex Sent Me to the ER. Uh, oh my God, had, I remember this. Yeah, yeah. I, I helped them. I was helping it for the first three seasons they kind of did it all in a lump sum and then they wanted to come back for the fourth season and so they were too busy at the time and they said the only way we can do it is if we if we can hire an assistant and so they're like okay and they hired me uh to be their assistant so i'm not sure if that was after or before criminal minds i'm thinking Mm -hmm. it was after but i was their assistant and again doing everything that you can think of minus you know calling the agent being like let's Here's your contract type of thing. What was your biggest takeaways from all this time around casting directors, around rooms, around actors coming in for auditions? Casting directors are very underrated. Um, no one does. No one appreciates them enough. And I hope one day that I have a reason to be on a podium and I can tell everyone that you should thank casting directors as much as you possibly can because they're the reason that anything happens. Um, I've learned in my few years that I've been here, but I've learned that most people don't know what anybody does. And that's the reason why no one understands anything from each level, whether it's a producer to a director, to a director, to casting director, agent to casting director, agent to coach, Hmm. agent to actor. Nobody knows what anybody else does. It's a weird thing. You would think everybody's supposed to understand every side of this business, but they don't. That's why casting directors aren't recognized as anything, even though... I know, it's shocking. They have zero awards whatsoever. They do, and they're, when, bad, when you see bad casting, which happens all the time, you're like, wow. So anyways, um, I've learned that 
I'm a, so much more appreciative of casting. Not to mention, not to say though that there, for sure, there are times when I'm like, I wish you weren't like that. Uh, it's unfortunate because I know that not everyone else is like like that. And the other thing too, which I think a lot of actors don't understand, is every casting director is a freelance worker. Hmm. They don't work for one company. They work for themselves. They're very similar to us. They are. So many times. They so are. So it's, which is kind of like how you have to look at it. It's like there's not one method of acting. There's not one method of casting directing. So, which means that just because you had this one experience in this one office doesn't mean that's the experience of every office. They may be similar, but again, everyone has a different way they do things. Mm-hmm. And that's something I really try to teach people because don't take away one thing and be like, that's how it is forever. <laughs> uh, but, and it also made, oh, it just humbled me so much. Uh, seeing actors as well and just how many crazy mistakes they would make before they even started the scene. I mean... Like what kind of things specifically? Uh, I've seen it all and I've run sessions too, so... Were there any through lines of things you saw commonly occur? Just be a normal person. I think it's just because there's so much pressure and I think pe- casting directors are looked as god, like are also at the same time looked at like gods and that they're the ones that are making these decisions and they're not. Um, some do, but man, they, they breathe just like us. So (laughs) that's the other thing too, is it's like, just come from a place of respect. Um, and you know, that helped me, it still helps me. It's like, I don't go into rooms like losing it, not knowing what I'm doing because I could run into them and like grabbing a beer, you know? So it's like, that's one thing. Which I think it kind of contributes to a lot of anxiety and the nerves and just being weird. Um, But also just like be prepared, Um, which is most people are not. Most people take things for granted. It's unbelievable for how hard it is to get an audition. It's amazing how many people come into an audition kind of being like, yeah, whatever. You're like, oh, man, that's Mm. too bad. So it's like those two things. And then I've had so many... (laughs) You know, like What's the, the most ridiculous thing you ever saw? <laughs> the most ridiculous thing. <laughs> I can see you like searching through the vault of crazy. I don't. Brain. I mean, it's like it's it's so common. So it's like it's so hard. Like that's the thing too. Is it's like when you think like, oh, they're gonna remember this forever. It's like you have no idea how many crazy things they see in a given day. Oh my god. Uh, I mean, I've seen some things in like in, in an, like during the audition that were hilarious. That I. <laughs> um, but I'm trying to think of like certain things that people do. Like, I remember a guy came in trying to give me a copy of the sides. <laughs> I was like... He was giving his readers sides. Yeah, he's like, here's your here are your sides. I'm like, I got him, man. Thank you, though. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it was his first audition. No, it wasn't. Oh, I, no. I, uh, this person has come in... Had, again, like, I was working on a non-union show, so I was dealing with a lot of non-union actors, so it was pretty amazing, you know? I had someone, re- like... This was recent, like maybe a year ago. She just was like so nervous. I felt so bad for her. This wasn't to make fun of her, but she wanted to leave so bad. And I was like, you are staying here and you are finishing this because it's important. It's like you're not the, – the like on the flip side, she thought she was doing terrible and she really wasn't doing as bad as she thought she was. Was she going to get the part? No. But, you know – But like we said before, that's not the point. Yeah, it's not. No, it's not. Of course not. And if I, who, who knows? If I could have gotten her to settle down and actually be able to deliver something, it's, it's definitely possible. So from this, obviously, you've learned a shit ton. 
from being on sets, from, you know, copious amounts of guest stars and co-stars and things like that. Where did you get into coaching along these lines? Did it kind of come organically? Was it a choice? And how do you have confidence enough in your abilities to coach others? Because I think that's a, a really cool thing. Well, that's an interesting thing because I definitely didn't when I first started. So I appreciate oh. that question. Uh, and even though I, I can come off like a very cocky person, um, <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, I mean, imposter syndrome is real across the board for this entire industry. Sure, so everyone's faking it till they make it. Um, people and who some are really have it. faking it so bad that they're faking it to the point where they're faking everybody else. And mm-hmm. that's not a good thing. But um, no, it, I knew that I wanted to. I was like, oh, that would be good. But I never thought of it as like an actual viable thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I was, I was definitely like in the midst of working in the casting office, right? And I think it's a beautiful thing. And I don't think he still to this day understands it. And I'll have to tell him that, you know, he's, he in his own way changed my life. Um, a buddy of mine who we were taking class at Margie Haber, um, he was auditioning more than me. Um, and he was like, Hey man, I have this audition. Uh, I feel like you have a good eye. Do you mind helping me? I don't know what made him think that first off. Um, I was like, uh, I guess. Sure. I mean, yeah. So he came over to my house and we worked it. I gave him my thoughts and he left. He called me up you know, maybe a week later, a couple days later, I don't know. And he was like, Hey man, the audition went really well. I have a taped audition. Can you help me? I'm like, I guess. I mean, like I had, I had a camera, mm-hmm. uh, cause I had purchased it while I was in Austin to film a web series. Uh, like, okay. I mean, I don't have like, have a white wall, man. You know, it's is this not one ha- of your first times doing a self tape. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This, this was the first time I had ever done a self tape. No one ever asked me before. Uh, I was like, okay. I knew what they were mm-hmm. I, because I had a coach that I had gone to, and so I understood all of it. I, you know, I got it. So, and also I worked in casting, so it wasn't foreign to me. It's just that I was like, oh, who am I? I don't have like the net, net you know, the backdrop, all that yeah. stuff, the lights. So whatever, we made it work. Um, his manager <laughs> reached back and was like, "This is one of the best tapes I've ever seen him do." I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> He was like, hey, man, can we do another one? I was like, man, sure. And so from then, I just kind of trusted it, the energy, and I just kind of like invested, I guess, Mm -hmm. in it. I I was like, okay. And so I kind of took what I had in my apartment, and I just like I took a curtain and put it and went on Amazon or Cowboy Studios, which is a great website, uh, Mm -hmm. and found a soft, like a couple soft boxes and Mm – and and set up a backdrop and and I started taping them and then after I felt kind of comfortable with it I reached out to that specific manager and I said hey I'm open for business so if you have other clients you want to send to me like go for it and she's like okay good to know and she sent me this one woman who I still worked with her to this was this had to have been five or six years ago okay. and I she still comes to me and she works a ton she's That's awesome. She's finished working on ballers right now. But um, I taped her. And um, and so then, so things were, you know, like, it was small. It was small. Um, but then um, my bu- buddy, Scott David, he, at the time he owned a, uh, a cast, uh, a workshop. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That, that that sounds weird. Was that right? He owned he owned um, the studio. The, yeah, uh, a workshop studio. What was it? It was the Actors Link. Yes, that's right. So him and his partner, who I also am friends with, they opened that up. And at the time, they were like, "Hey, we want to maybe open it up to like a self, like also self taping." And so I took on that. I took that on to be kind of like the representative for them. Wow, five to six years ago, very smart thinking in that capacity because it's definitely where it's gone. Yeah, and yes. Um, yeah, I, well, I was like, okay, this can help me get business. Um, it wasn't, you know, ideal because it wasn't like the money wasn't, you know, because I'm splitting it and all that stuff. But at the same time, it, what, it, what it was doing, which it has pretty much done at this point, was it was, you know, marketing me. Mm-hmm. So it actually was worth it. Um, it was short-lived, but it, was, it had done its duty. Um, so I was just taping people. I only viewed myself as taping. I didn't even think of myself as a coach. And because of the actors link, um, we did a, um, oh man, I can't think of the word. Um, essentially like kind of like a seminar, I guess there's a better word for it, but we did something where we opened it up to the public meaning, not really the public, but you know, managers and agents to come to the workshop and, you know, meet me meet him and, you know, know about casting directors that would be oh, coming like an, in. Like an open house kind of a thing. Open houses, that's the word I wanted. Okay, Yeah, got it. I knew you got were going to find it for me. <laughs> so because of that, I met some managers, and this one manager came to me. She, she, her, she had a son who was in the business. She didn't represent him, hmm. but she had her own company. But she brought her son to me, um, and because he was younger than me, I felt – comfortable giving him my thoughts and I did um and we did the tape we sent it in and his mom was like this is the best I've ever seen him do like something about what you're saying to him you know whatever she's like do you mind if I send you some of my clients I was like sure so she sent me one or one of her clients he had the same issue that her son had, which was they, they just were talking very fast. Their internal clock was, was moving. Mm-hmm. I was like, you got just, you got to slow down. And same thing. She's like, this is great. Can I send you my clients? I was like, um, okay. And so from there, she had a big roster, uh, and she sent me her clients. And after like a year, they asked like, would you be willing to teach a class to our clients? Wow. And that's when I was like, oh, gosh. I mean, you know, I'm not really a teacher, um, but I did it. And now, you know, six years later, I'm still teaching. um, I'm still coaching. So it was a mixture of those, like, however many things I just said Mm -hmm. that kind of created this business of mine. And then, oh, to answer your question, because I took forever to answer it. No, no. I was not comfortable at first but once I started working with kids and seeing their success it's a state of mind anything is a state of mind I decided I'm ready to say I'm a coach like I am an acting coach so it took some time yeah uh because in my mind I was always like well a teacher a coach has to have this many credits for me to really listen to them and I thought that about myself right um that was even though about that before I created this podcast even, so even though it's not necessarily true you know because there are some fantastic teachers and coaches that have not worked that much. Mm-hmm. However, they should limit what they can say to people. So there is some, you know, stipulations in my opinion with that. But anyways. Uh, so when you taught that first class, 
Um, was it mostly to a younger crowd? Was it mostly to kids or was it a kind of an all age group? So it wasn't kids. Okay. It, well, first it, I, I taught two. I taught okay. adults and I taught kids. Cool. Um, what's the main difference between those two classes? How do you mean? Like how, like what is the, when you teach kids versus when you teach adults, right? We're kind of, I'll go. Kind of, I'm kind of jumping the gun here a little bit oh, on oh. talking about your coaching a little bit. But like the way you teach kids an acting class versus the way you teach an adult's acting class, <laughs> what, what well, is I, the main differences in those things? Is it funny enough, I mean, there's still a lot of similarities. It's like know what you're talking about. Uh, I mean, that's really what it comes down to is like most kids just are like, those are my lines. And I say these lines. I'm like, no, you do not just say these lines. You know what these lines are. You know what they mean. You have to know what the, where they're coming from. I mean, the main difference is I repeat myself a lot more with kids. <laughs> I may say the same thing over and over and over again. I may say it hundreds of times before maybe it'll sink in. Mm-hmm. And I'll also, I'll also, well, will I be more patient? Maybe. <laughs> with adults, I expect more. Mm-hmm. You know, but with kids too, it's like I expect because there's a certain age where everybody expects more. So you have to. I try to approach my classes like the business approaches you. Yeah, tell me I'm about not that. Being unrealistic I, in the sense of like I'm going to assign you material like the day before, two days before. Two days before is being nice, but two days before, and I expect you to be pretty close to off book or. Mm-hmm. You know, to know what you're talking about, like, you know, be ready to rock it out in one. I mean, the truth is, the reality is, you need to produce in one. Hmm. That's just the truth. It's not me being mean. It's just because, and it's also, un, it's unfair because you, that's not what they do on set. Uh, but in auditions, they don't have the time. They're seeing 30 to 40 people, maybe more. They don't have time to hold your hand. So you got to be ready to rock that thing in one. You might get two. Um... But yeah, yeah. That's ju- that's just how it is, and so it may come off mean, but that's just the reality of it. Is if you can't do it, somebody will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I try to say that to kids in the most, you know, without that sounding. And I've had, listen. I've when I first started, I was hard headed, and it's taken a long time for me to come around and come from a much more understanding place and not come down so hard because it, it's just. I don't think I've ever been at that level where it's like so ridiculously mean that it's like, wow, like where's that coming from? But I've had my moments where it's like, I could probably have handled that a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, to where now it's like, wherever you're at is okay. Whatever you want to get out of it is okay. I'm just telling you, explaining to you, this is what is expected. If it's not there, you know, don't be surprised, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's my, I'm very practical. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably useful because the business is, it's just built like that, right? Like there's, it is. It's, there's not a lot of cushion. <laughs> well, again, no one really gets it, you know, and it's, it's not personal. It's just, just is. That's like the tagline of this job. It's it's not, but I think people don't get that because they never worked on the other side, and that's why working on if you can try to find a way. If you have a casting director friend, to be like, can I be a reader? Can I just you know be a fly on the wall and view what's happening? Because I've been in big sessions. I've been in sessions with big directors and and, and producers listening to what their thought process is. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and it's nothing like what you would think it would be. So <laughs> it's just funny. It's like they're most of, sometimes they're not even viewing your acting. Like mm. who knows what they're focusing on? So yeah. y- you know what I mean? It's and so it's just like it, everyone thinks differently. So you know that's why it's not personal because and so, maybe sometimes it is, but it's just like so many things that go so many variables that go into it and honestly I even now I've made this realization that talent is not a currency so it doesn't really matter it doesn't really matter how good you are unfortunately I get it it's kind of a bummer but I get it right I do. so the kids thing is something I'm really interested yeah. in because I haven't I want to actually have a group of kids on the podcast at some point so maybe I'll tag you in for like a future episode to get like two or three kids sure. to do a round table because that, that is fascinating to me I was nowhere near ready for this business when I was younger how do you we already kind of talked about the coaching a little bit of kids but how do you help them deal with the parts of this industry that are tough the the rejection you know the viewing of not me, me comparison, like, does that come up in your day-to-day classes with them? Like, how does this, how do you help them with this? It happens more with coaching. I mean, with teaching, you know, like, teaching, I mean, you know, teaching is more we're talking about Mm -hmm. scripting out, like, what we need to get done so you're you're ready for that. But yeah, coaching, it happens all the time. I mean, honestly, like, I'm on an on-call doctor, Mm -hmm. essentially. Like, I've kind of, you know, part of my job is being a psychiatrist in, in some ways because... Well, this job is very specific to that kind of thing. It's very Sure, and it's like I find myself advising on so many different things other than just acting. But, yeah, I mean, I have some kids that are just... just go with the flow. They don't think anything of it, you know? But at a certain age, yeah, you do hit that place of... You're aware, you're, uh, you have that awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a good amount of clients that are kind of... Like, got a girls that are 13... A little bit older, thirteen plus. So at that, that's a tough age. Mm-hmm. It's a really tough age. Um, I cannot imagine being an actress when I was thirteen. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, you know it's yeah, oof, it's 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 tough. But I say the same. I, I try to say the things that I would say to myself at that age. Um, but then I also tell them the truth. And do they always hear it? No. But I'll repeat it. Um, you know, I have one girl specifically who gets really, really upset when she doesn't get a job. She auditions a ton more than anyone that I know. Um, and by that nature, you would think just because of the, the, the volume, you wouldn't think about it so much, but you know, every now and then some jobs you want and that happens. Um, and it's hard to want a job. And I try to tell her as much as possible. It is not about your talent because if it was, you'd already be working. Yeah. I know that for a fact. I've seen a lot of great actors. You're a great actor. It's just that's not the thing that all the time is what's being asked for. But that's the thing that she always questions is like, am I not good enough? I'm like, that's not it at all. It's totally not it. Unfortunately, you're too young to understand that this is a business and people aren't hiring you necessarily because you're the best. They're hiring you for who knows what, Um, especially especially now, you know, with Mm -hmm. the political climate. So... Uh, I try to be supportive and I, I just, I really try to, you know, and I'm a very honest person too. That's the other thing too is like, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I'm not, um, you know, with, I, I'll tell them the truth. Um, you know, and sometimes I won't tell them things that I just don't feel like are going to serve them. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, yeah. that there's that too. I'm not going to lie, but cause I'm definitely not going to be like, no, I know you were the best thing in the entire, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. Um, 
and I just try to, I get it. I try to be like, hey, I get it. It sucks. I'm bummed too. Hmm. You know, I'm with you. I get it. But, you know, it's a numbers game. It's, it's the lottery. You're, yeah. you're just punching your ticket. Yeah, how do you explain a numbers game to a kid that's tough? Well, I mean, some of them are brilliant, you know, and some of them understand that idea, and they understand it, but it still hurts all the same, you know? It's like when you're attached, you're attached, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And maybe there's a day where I'm just like, I'm not, you know, <laughs> I don't know how many times I can tell you the same thing. Um, For the parents who are listening who have kids, because I have a couple listeners who are parents with kids who are starting acting and sure. stuff like that, what are the... First of all, <laughs> what headspace should they get themselves in to have a kid who's going to be in this acting world? And then what are the kind of the steps they get them into this? Some of that, well, part of that I understand. And is another part you're asking me, like, how do they get situated? Like, how do they get represented? Is that uh, what you mean? How or? do they get their kids into, like, acting classes too? Like, would you, do you just kind of join one? Do they suss one out? Like, what do you, how do you find a good oh, gotcha, gotcha. coach? Well, I'll be honest because I, I don't know how that came about. Um, it seems like to me, at least in just in my experience, that a lot of agents and managers already have strong lists of mm-hmm. people that they like to send places. I mean, I would look at it like if you're really just trying to do your own due diligence that you would do the same type of research that anybody would do and you look it up online. And Because the truth is it's like most of the places that are recommended aren't necessarily great. Uh, they're just known because of a name. So, you know, in truth, if you were just starting out, I would recommend really finding what works for you instead of someone telling you what's going to work for you because that's not always true. Uh, And it's unfortunate because a lot of this business, especially when you're, like, especially most parents have no idea how this business works, so they're just listening to who they think are experienced, and that's not always true. Um, So... um, you know, as a parent, if I'm going to come from the place like you don't know, understand this business. Um, it's a full-time job. It is a full-time job. You will, you could potentially be driving your kids all over town. Like even from theatrical, you could be auditioning quite a bit. If you're in commercial as well, you could be auditioning all the time. With kids, they're more likely to audition because there are so many kid roles as opposed to adults. Uh, I don't have those numbers, but I know that Disney, you know, Nickelodeon, and and now Netflix as well. Like, there's a lot of kid roles, mm-hmm. and the one thing that's nice about being a kid is, if I took a 12 year old, I'm not expecting a big resume because they're 12. Yeah. If I took a 30 year old, such as myself, and expected a long resume, you would get it. Uh, not to say that there aren't 12 year olds that work a lot, because there are, but. That, that also means that you don't have to be as experienced. You don't have to have a strong, like, if you're 12 and you have representation, you'll audition for the biggest stuff you can think of because you have to. Because the chances of kids being as good is lower in comparison to adults because you have to see a lot more kids to weed through that as opposed to adults. I could find probably five good adults in a session mm-hmm. in one day, but if with kids like uh could take a week you know because you're trying to find someone that's going to carry a film or or a tv show right that's a lot harder um so that's also why with kids you have so many you get opportunities you can get them immediately so i would also say like and so and your agent and most agents and managers just they don't care um if you need work or not 
they're going to submit you all the same because they want money. Um, so I, if you're just starting out, I would definitely take classes first and get a good um, foundation mm-hmm. because you could be potentially going out for series regular leads of films well before you're ready. Because wow. uh, I see it all the time. And it makes, and sometimes it's infuriating for me when I'm coaching because it's like, I'll, and I'll call the manager or the agent and be like, they're not ready for this. I don't know why you're sending them in. I don't know. You didn't do your due diligence in, in figuring out where they're at level-wise because that's important. I'm not going to say it's going to burn bridges because they're kids. Mm-hmm. And like we discussed about earlier on, nobody really people remembers. Forget. Yeah, people forget. People, I mean, people don't remember anything, you know? So. Do you feel like there's less stress for them because it might not, you know, the, the deep side of life and bills and all this stuff might not be as heavy? Or do you feel like kids take it more personally and get really stressed out about these kind of jobs? No, not at all. I've worked with so many kids. They don't think like that. Cool. Um, they're not thinking. They're just not thinking like that. Um, that's one of the beautiful things, too, is like they don't really get nervous. They just kind of go in. They fly free. You know, they're not. If they mess up, they're not like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, this is the worst thing ever. They, who cares? So be a kid. Um, yeah, what can we learn from the kids? What can we take home? That's awesome. That we're all having fun. We're just figuring it out. No one really knows what they're doing. <laughs> we're all just doing our thing. I mean, that's the truth is go into an audition. I'm going to do my thing. You're going to like it or you're not going to like it, and that's okay. And yeah. I'm going to leave. And you might hire me and you might not, and that's okay too. You know, I always look at it like, if, I mean, it's so hard because so many people, that's what they came out here to do. It's what I came out here to do. But if you can find a way to not make it such a big deal and just think about like, I wonder what I'm going to eat for lunch later today. Like that's a better way of thinking than I hope I get this and you go home and you dwell. But yeah, I mean, kids don't think like that. I mean, some of my kids, they, they're they not like stressing out about it, but you know, they're emotional and they're like, oh, I wanted it. Not because they're like, I wanted it because of all the money. Like, no, they don't care about money. It's just like, because they enjoy, I have a couple kids that just love doing it. You know, that's all they want to do. And they're more prepared than most adults that I work with. <laughs> it's kind of incredible, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I've run sessions, too, with kids where it's like, do you want to do it again? Not really. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> no problem. That's okay. <laughs> you know, and Not it's. Not really. <laughs> and, it, it, I mean, I think both parties should be a little bit more easygoing in the sense of even casting on the other side, like. I get it. We all get tired. We're all stressed because it goes down the line. Because casting as well is the last to get something. And they have these so – these which actors I don't – most actors don't understand is casting has the most unrealistic job. Producers don't know what they do, how they do it. And they, they honestly could be like, all right, I want this cast tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So, and this happens all the time. I mean my girlfriend is a cast member. be like, well, we want this cast tomorrow. It's like, well, we can't do that because we got to release the breakdown. We got it like there are things we have to do first. And that just won't work. And so that's what they deal with. And that's why actors get things like at 8 p.m. expecting it to be off book at 10 Mm a.m. Because everybody is pinched. It's like what you said earlier. No one knows what anyone else's job is. No, right. And because of that, no one really cares. Producers don't care. They're like, I don't care. I want it done. And all it was was one actor that was able to do it. And then that set the precedent of, well, somebody can do it. And... Where was I? There was a reason I brought that up, but I don't know. I don't know. I got, I got really excited because I like that story. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, oh, it's because, yeah, everybody is under the gun. 
Mm-hmm. And so it would be nice if some casting can handle it, whether it's like, yeah, that casting director is really nice. And that's what actors don't understand, too. It's like, it's not all about you. You don't know what they're going through. They might have an unrealistic expectation they're dealing with. And so they have to get this done today. Once again, it's not personal. It's not personal, right? Because it's like, well, they were really mean. It's like, well, they don't have to be nice to you. And they might be having a bad day. They may have dealt with a lot of, no offense, dumb actors who are doing a lot of silly things. And it's infuriating. Yeah. And so it happens to me when I run sessions. Sometimes I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's one of those days. (laughs) Where people are just pulling up the dumb cards, you know, mm. where, you know, it's like you don't even know how to sign into a, a sign-in sheet, you know? It's like, what's your name? Well, it might, I'm like, no, I just need to know, your, you know, what's your time? Well, I was supposed to, it's like, I know, Jeez. I don't, it doesn't matter, just <laughs> when are you supposed to be here? Or just like, yeah, your audition's not till tomorrow. Uh. But pay attention. So those are little things, you know, mm-hmm. but most people don't pay attention. So that's, that's okay. If there's one thing that you could tell people as a main takeaway who are new-ish to LA or just getting started and getting their credits? It's going to take time. It just will. It's just how it is. I thought the same thing. I thought that I could force it, and you can't. Um, And that's okay. Be open. I don't want to tell anybody what to do because I'm also hesitant to wanting to hear that stuff, but be open to the idea of doing more than just being an actor. Because things didn't work out for me as an actor immediately, so many amazing things happened outside of that because I was willing to do, well, you know, I was willing to do them at one point. Mm -hmm. So I started writing. I started producing, directing. I got into casting. That's why I started coaching was because acting was not working for me. So allow yourself to be open to other opportunities. Um, Keep that focus that you always want to be an actor and that your goal is to be an actor. And that is fine and that is great. But people want everything now. They want you to be able to just produce and make your own stuff so they don't have to do as much. Um, And some people are able to just be actors, and that's amazing. Um, But I do think more opportunities will come your way if you're open to being more than just one thing. Um, It'll make you better at the thing that you were trying to do. Uh, and who knows, you might actually end up, because we just don't, this business is so much different than any other business. Sometimes we don't know where something's going to lead, and you might be directing a short film, and someone sees it, and it's like, this is incredible. I want to make a feature of this, or I want you to make a feature, and then you put yourself in it, and then your acting is recognized because of that. Or maybe you just find another avenue. But if you're open to anything, anything can happen. So stay open, I guess. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I really appreciate this. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, pimp yourself out. Where do you want to direct people to if there's a website um, for your coaching and self-taping and, and teaching and all that good stuff? Yeah. So uh, my name is Jeffrey Michael Kennedy. My name, Jeffrey, is with a G. So my website is my initials, gmkproductions.com. Uh, all my information about coaching and self-taping is up there. I now teach a, a cool class I'm excited about that I've been doing for this for this year, which with my partner, Sunday Bowling, which is called Coach to Cast. It's essentially taking the coaching aspect of uh, the auditions and then putting it in front of a casting director. So the first week is I'm your coach. I coach you on material that's individualized for you. 
I work with you and I get you ready. And then the next week you audition it in front of a casting director. Um, so it's kind of like takes you through the process of the auditions. Um, and we're excited about it. It's people, I think really, really like it. And yeah, so that's, that's what I'm currently teaching right now. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll look that up. Um, Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Of course. All right, guys. I'll talk to you in just a bit. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Jeff, thank you so much for your time and your insight. You guys should check him out. If you are looking for a new place to learn, to self-tape, to meet some cool new people, I highly recommend checking out Jeff's studio. All of the information will be linked in the show notes at onebrokeactress.com. I think that's all I have for you guys today. As always, please, please, please make sure you're following, make sure you're rated and reviewed, all that good stuff. Thank you so much to Laurel Canyon Creative for helping produce this podcast. Thank you to Maggie Zabo for your beautiful theme song. And I will talk to you guys next week. <laughs>